Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 204, Planning a Single Season Grand Slam with Jeff Buds. And I am your host, and the guy who's got to get out this weekend and do some cutting, disking, and planting on his property south of Birmingham so that he can have another spot or two to go and hunt this year. Deer season is rapidly approaching, as I have mentioned, and the awesome news is that we are 170 days, 12 hours, 16 minutes, and 24 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So I went to the New Hunting Club south of Birmingham this past weekend and put in another work day there. We'd actually pushed out a couple of new fields and gotten those planted and moved some tree stands around. So it's getting close. Hunting season here in Alabama will be in before we know it. And then before we blink an eye, it'll be over and we'll only be about 45 days away from the opening day of spring turkey season. So good times. I am much more excited and optimistic about this world today than I was, oh, let's say 100 days ago, right after turkey season had ended here in Alabama. So hey, today I've got a great interview for you guys, and I'm going to talk about something that I have actually never done. And I'm going to be talking about it with the man who has done it more than anyone in the world has. And we're going to be talking about a single season grand slam. More specifically, we're going to be talking about how to plan a single season grand slam. Now, I have several grand slams underneath my belt. I think I'm at three, and the only thing keeping that from being many more is not squeezing the trigger on any more Osceola turkeys than I have. But as you know, my goal right now is not to stack up grand slams, but it is to mark off states from the list of states in this country that have turkeys in them and to kill turkeys in those states. So that's number one for me. I've been to Florida three times, killed three turkeys there, and until I finish my Super Slam, I am not worried about completing another Grand Slam. But when I do get there, and good Lord willing, I will get there, the Grand Slam that I complete will be a single season Grand Slam. I like the challenge of it. I want to do 
the single season spring Grand Slam. Mm -hmm. It kind of gets me a little bit excited just talking about it. Now, since I am talking about it, I'm going to stop. I'm going to just introduce Jeff Buds to you guys, who is the current world record holder for the highest number of Grand Slams completed. You guys have heard him on the show several times before. You're getting him here again today because he is the expert. And today I am bringing you a special deal. Not only are you getting Jeff Buds to talk about planning a single season Grand Slam, but you're getting two Buds for the price of one. I am through talking for now, and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am excited today because I have on the line with me an old familiar voice. Well, he probably get mad at me for saying he's old because I'm sure he doesn't feel old, but it's a familiar voice. How about that? And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, I was sitting on the beach with my toes dug in the sand underneath the tailgate tent a cold beverage sitting nearby, and I was reading some old issues of NWTF's Turkey Country magazine that I'd just never gotten around to. And I got to an article in the back of the magazine, and it was all about Grand Slams. And of course, the author of that article is the king of the Grand Slam, the granddaddy of slams, the sultan of slams, Jeff Buds. (laughs) And I've got Jeff on the phone with us today to talk about something I have, I don't think I've covered in an episode, and that is a single season Grand Slam. So, Jeff, how are you and where are you? I'm fine, Andy. How are you? And I hope all the listeners are well. I am in Central Florida. I'm on a rocker feeding my three and a half month old Hunter James. He's just getting ready to wrap up a bottle. But everything's good and just uh, not elk hunting. But I'm doing the, I think, not even the next best thing, the better, one step better than that. And finally, after 51 years, I'm holding my own son. So I couldn't be more happy. Man, that's awesome. And Hunter is a new addition to the Buds family since we've had you on last. And not since I've talked to you last, but just since we've had you on last. And I know everyone listening congratulates you on that that's awfully exciting and yeah thank you i told you before the recording started that it's a good thing you're getting him his bottle and getting that protein in him because you need him to be big and strong so he can tote you around from spot to spot chasing turkeys in in, uh, about 30 years when you're going to need some help that's exactly right that's why i'm growing him big and strong you got it all right well you mentioned your elk hunt so i haven't spoken with you since then we've texted since then but i didn't want to get the skinny on how the hunt went i wanted to get by text i wanted to get it from you by phone so how did everything go well i did not get an elk i didn't get a shot i was with four other guys two hit did not find an elk two Mm. missed and i didn't get a shot it was there were quite a few elk there weren't a lot of big elk i was going more to just find a a good spot to be able to maybe go and have a good opportunity with some, a good representative of the of the species and and that it was it was in southeast idaho north of wisluna salt lake and easy hunting i probably in last year i from camp i jogged ran hiked 17 miles out the last day because my 
horse was carrying my elk, and that was the easiest day of my week-long hunt out there to give you what I'm a, a tidbit of what I'm used to. And this hunt in five days, I probably walked a mile and a half. Oh, wow. I mean, it was just an easy hunt. It was uh, down in some willows and alfalfa fields. The elk come down into these bottoms, and, and so it's it's real easy hunting. It's not what I'm used to, and I sort of thrive on on the punishment, the physical aspect, just as much as the the end result. But anyway, it was a good time. I mean, I, I had some good good times with my buddies and and you know that being said and you know i sort of thought about it and i don't care and people ask me all the time how to do stuff in fact you and i this will ring really true to you because unlike me you travel with a group of guys and you don't move to the next state until all of you get a birth usually and and i on the other hand i always travel 90 some percent of the time i travel by myself unless i'm guiding and uh, you know and this i've never killed an elk i killed i don't know 12 or 13 bulls uh most of which over i think i don't know uh, over 300 inches biggest 377 and i've never been with anybody else and when when i'm and when I've got my elk and I sort of thought about that, about this hunt, cause you know, my time is limited. All of our time is limited. And now with a family, it's, it opens up a whole new can of worms and you know, it's okay. So here's the takeaway from today. It's okay to be selfish. And you know, we're going to talk about the single season grand slam. I, I talked about my elk and you know, cause I got back and sort of thought about it. Okay. What do you really want? Is it more important for me to hang out with my buddies or two for my one week now, because usually I'll go for two or three weeks. Well, now I'm sure for a long time to come, it's going to be one week. So is it more important for me or the listeners? And it'll change. There's no, you don't have to give one definitive answer and that's it. It will change, but you have to start somewhere. And honestly, for me, it's more important for me. I had a great time. I have phenomenal friends that I don't get to spend enough time with. But for me, it's more important for me to be, and, and I've never been able to keep or find anybody that can keep up with me. So it's more important for me to be out there beating the bushes and doing what I do and accomplishing, achieving, conquering the quest and the, the, the goals and all that I've set out to do other than sit around camp and have a nice dinner and mm-hmm. shoot the breeze and have a nap and do all that you do when you more center around the camaraderie, all the friends, the social aspect of it. So anyway, I, I, would, I don't know why I've never really put it in that much detail, but I was thinking about, I knew we were going to talk and, and especially coming off of this elk hunt. But honestly, that's my answer for now, because I am going to take less and less time to be away because, and, and I never, I knew it would come to this and I knew I would be ecstatic to stay home with my son because he means so much to me and all the family men and women that, that do this can understand that. And so I knew I wouldn't have as much of an opportunity at some point. So it came 51 years into my, into my thinking, but anyway, it's, there's a time and place for everything, but for right now, and I just, I don't know. I mean, next year, I bet you I'm 
back in the wilderness somewhere and, and, you know, hiking for an hour and a half for a couple miles straight up the hill before I even think about getting crack a light and chasing something down or, or chasing after a herd and, you know, punishing myself because that's sort of, that's part of it, you know? Yeah. I think what you mentioned is important about really our goals and our methods of accomplishing our goals changing because they are and they will and really we kind of hope that they do and so you know I I think for you to get out there with a group of guys and and do that when you normally don't is good for you in the respect that it does give you that other aspect of the hunt and it kind of reinforces to you in your mind okay it hasn't really changed for me I really kind of enjoy the getting out and one-on-one with the animal and getting lost at least in my head getting lost in what I'm doing not in where I am but in what I am doing and so you know I think that all of us need to kind of mix things up from time to time because heck if you don't try it you won't know if you don't like it and if you don't like it you can always go back to what you were doing before so I think that's that's pretty cool that's a, a good takeaway that you had and you know with us with the guys that i do these trips with you know it's kind of funny that you say that about the camaraderie there have been years when we've gone on these trips and we typically will hunt in pairs so two pairs of us will go out and there's four i thought there was five of you four or five of you that usually go on your yeah on your four odyssey. four of us counting me yeah and okay. so we hunt in two pairs, and there have been years when I got home and I thought, well, shoot, I, I, I don't even think I got to spend more than 30 minutes with the other pair of guys. And I just spent seven or eight days with the guy that I was with, breaking our necks, trying to get two or three or four turkeys, whatever it happens to be. So, yeah, it's, you know, I enjoy that. I do enjoy the camaraderie of it, of these trips that we go on every year i think maybe a lot of that has to do with the fact that during the week for six weeks of turkey season i pretty much am hunting by myself and so you know on the weekends or when i go on these trips it's nice to have that camaraderie you and see with your guiding side is the other is the other way i'm with somebody 24 7 and you know, keep up, be quiet, don't move. Okay, here, do you see him? What, whatever species it is, I'm always taking it. And a lot of times, it's people that are very novice in it, and they expect me to really teach them. They want to learn, and and that's my job, is to really not just walk in and say, shoot, boom, done, pictures, okay, we're out of here. They are more guys than not nowadays, which I love and I respect. And I'm not going to knock anybody that does fly in. And I mean, this spring, I literally had a guy fly in at six o'clock on his Lear in Okeechobee. I picked him up. We got, we were probably, the birds were still on the roof. We snuck in and his belly crawled out, put a decoy out. Two toms flew down. One was coming from the other way. They came in a few calls later, they came in and he nailed one and was like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. I had him back and it was a, a hour and 15 minute drive total both ways so we had 45 minutes on the ground and pictures and and he said hey send the cape here and and 
vacuum seal the meat or I ziplocked it. And I mean, it was just in and out and, and nothing to take away from that hunt or the guy that literally wants to know A to Z every single thing. But nonetheless, when I do get my alone time, it's, oh my gosh, it's valuable. It's really valuable. So I know, and a lot of the listeners to the show know that you guide for turkeys and you've mentioned it on this podcast before and you help people get their Osceola to complete their Grand Slam, but you also take them out to other states to do their Grand Slams. And so tell us a little bit about your guided service and how can we get in touch with you if we want to hunt with you? And before you you jump in, I probably already know the answer to this question, but do you have any availability for Osceola's for 2019? Oh, good question. Uh, That one is always yes, because if I find guys, I mean, I was getting property and birds right right up until right before season. If I have guys beating down the door saying, we got to come, we're coming, we're coming. I hate saying no, because no doesn't get, do anybody good. doesn't get them their bird. doesn't make me any money. doesn't do it. You know, landowners money, all the good stuff. Cause it's, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. So, I will have birds up until before season, and that's just because I always go out and beat the bush because it's a big commitment because I pay these landowners all before anybody steps foot on property. So I don't want to go doing that unless I have all the hunters. But anyway, yeah, I do Osceola's down here in central, south central Florida, south Orlando, and then I do the Grand Slam. I do uh, Osceola, Georgia, uh, eastern uh, Florida, Osceola, and then I do a Kansas, Rio, South Dakota, or Nebraska, Miriam. Um, so a two trip, two five day trip, me and two other two hunters deal. And oh, I usually do six or eight on the Grand Slam. And, and heck, I do somewhere in the 90 realm on Osceola's. But wow. love to have anybody come down. I tear it up. Osceola's or some, the single season Grand Slam is uh, 10,000, I think. And then Osceola's, whether you do it yourself, I just give you permission on the property. I have an app and I give you boundaries and the lines and the feeders and the bruces and the strut zones and all that stuff on an app and, and it's bulletproof and i do that and or a fully guided two-on-one housing food bird all that stuff and those hunts are anywhere between i think two and 26 i think is the is the top end but uh yeah i'd love to have everybody they can uh, get online tag it worldwide they can google my name jeff b-u-d-z they can, and that the, the either one will get you my website. They can send an email through that, or they can, my phone number's on there. I'm Eastern. I mean, if you call, text, whatever, however you want to reach out to me, I do it for a living. This is my job, so I'm always available. You know, I have a family. I'm not going to talk to you on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock, but if I'm not available, leave a message, and I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. Very good. Yeah, I don't think I told you this, but I spoke with someone who – and I'm not going to tell you the name, who finished his Grand Slam with you. Well, it wasn't this year, so it must. I think it was 2017. And he, <laughs> you already know this, so I, and, and I'm laughing because I think that everyone hears your passion and your, your drive and your craziness for turkeys, but this person said Jeff Buds is on a different level that he will hunt you until you're almost begging for mercy but it's that drive that you have 
for everyone to be successful that I think I'm not going to say separates you from other outfitters because I'm going to say the majority of outfitters want their hunters to be successful because that's how you build a business. Yes, there are some people out there that don't care about that, but they just care about the money. But that's the majority of outfitters want to build their business. But hunting with Jeff Buds is on a different level. That's everything that I've been told, everything that I've heard about hunting with Jeff. And if you are serious about getting an Osceola and you want to learn something about turkey hunting as well, because I'm pretty sure you're going to learn something from Jeff, call him. Get get booked with that guy. I mean, it's kind of crazy from what I hear. I haven't tried it out yet, and maybe one day you and I will get to sit up against a tree or put a crawl on one or whatever we have to do to get one, drop out of a helicopter with bayonets. I mean, whatever we have to do to get one. Maybe maybe we'll get that opportunity go. sooner rather than later. So. Yep, there you go. Well, thanks. Yep, yep. Come on down, and, and uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. Good deal. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these slams and, and the single season slam in particular. So you've got more than more single season slams than anyone. And I'm at 99 right now. Yeah. So you've got a pretty good bit of experience with it. And I would imagine a lot of the listeners know what a single season slam is if they don't have one or multiple slams themselves. But For the new turkey hunters out there that may not know what a single season slam is, explain what that is to them for me. Well, and so many people ask me, do you have to get a bird in all four birds in the same year to call it a a slam, a grand slam? And, you know, instantly, no, I know people it's taken 20 years to get all four birds. So all a single season slam does is say that you got them all in the calendar year. And if you want to be specific, you say, like my bonus daughter, and I, we, we hate the word step, so I have a, bonus, a 13-year-old bonus daughter that we really spent some time, a lot of time with both daughters this spring yeah. up until Hunter was born. And so she went out and started this spring with Osceola's, and right before they came in, I said, hey, because I didn't want to freak her out or have her have too much time to think about it. I said, if two come in, I want you to shoot them both. And she said, what, what? And I said, just just focus on one, and then if the other one, and she did. Boom, the other one started to run and then came back and flogged the flopping bird, just like we've so many have seen before. And, and boom, she, two birds flopping, big adult toms. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's going to cost you. And she said, what? And I said, well, now you're going to have to get double <laughs> season grand slam so when in the in when you describe it and that's when somebody says hey i shot a gobbler i said oh so you shot a jig and because i i really it really gets me when people call tom well don't think a, a jake can gobbler or they refer to toms as gobblers they are gobblers but a male is a gobbler a tom is a tom a jake is a jake all males gobble can gobble and can breed and they're legal so to be specific she got a double single spring season slam of tom and if you really want to say so a single season grand slam is is the calendar year and i've done that several times had to go in the fall i hunt most i hunt every fall i don't know a fall that i haven't got a bird because i just love turkey hunting in all aspects hence you know because and taking does and hens is a part of nature and and part of the how the whole thing works so 
that's how it goes. You, you don't have to get it all in the, in the same season. It's great if a guy, a hunter, a gal, goes out and achieves a single spring slam and, and does it all in the you know two-month or so period, mid-March to mid-May. That's awesome. Most people don't have the time and or the money. So anyway, I, I really get specific when we talk about slam, single season, and legal birds and gobblers, hens, jay, whatever. And hey, just like that, hunting by yourself and hunting on all public property or however, it's all going to change. But just know when you go on that hunt to think about if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot any legal bird in the fall. Most all places you can shoot hens, and they count and they're legal. And I'm. I wouldn't ever knock anybody for getting a, a slam of with hens included or jakes. You know, they're all legal birds. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Oh. oh somebody that's complaining. So, elected. Um, go ahead. So the single season slam is getting one bird of each of the four subspecies located in the U.S. in a calendar year. That yep. is a single January season. January 1 grand to slam. December 31. Yep. Okay. All right. And like you said, if you want to get more specific and do it all in one spring, then that's just even more of a challenge. Right. So, cool. So, speaking of the challenge, what is it that makes a single season slam so difficult? Well, it's the travel, it's the time, it's the money, it's because you have to go to, and, and I say you have to go to four different states. You don't. And and I know we're going to talk about a couple of states that have a couple of different birds. And, you know, I really, I haven't and I probably won't ever, but I really would love to write a letter to Washington, uh, the state of Washington, for putting Easterns in there. Uh, there's absolutely, it's unbelievable that they would put Easterns in there because eventually it's just going to be all one a hybrid state with Rios, Easterns, and Miriams. It's ridiculous. Right. They should have kept all the Miriams in the West, the Northwest, and all the Rios in the Southwest, and all the Easterns from the Mississippi East. And when they start transplanting, oh, yeah, it looks great on paper. Yeah, you get birds there. But, you know, it's like you could put Miriams, Rios, or Easterns in Okeechobee County, where I live and thrive, and those birds would be do incredible, and they would take over, and all the birds would just be gray, like all humans, in another 200 years. Um, but it's just so four states would would be my pick because you know, as the super slam, that's a bird out of every all 49 states that have them, none in Alaska. Part of it was to go to each state, and part of it for me is the travel and the sights and the sounds, the different everything that's different. It's not just checking a box and saying, Hey, I got my slam, you know? So yeah. anyway, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could, a guy could go to a DYI guy could go to Florida and Kansas and have a blast and hunt. Uh, you know, you would have to, cause Kansas Eastern, I was thinking you'd have to go to three States, Florida, Osceola Eastern, and then say, uh, Kansas and, and Nebraska for your Rio and your Miriam. Although, I say that Nebraska right now is doing a DNA on the birds all around the state because, and I've talked with the biologist in depth and the the doctor that's doing the DNA, um, the only place where they differentiate Rios in Kansas and right across the border 
foot away. They're called hybrids in Nebraska. And I argue that because there are Rios in Nebraska and in the northeast, and that's on the south border. And then on the Iowa border, they call them Easterns in Iowa and a foot across the border. They call them hybrids. Well, there's real, truly – it's the only state in the country that truly has three subspecies, Easterns, Rios, and Miriams. And you can over-the-counter get – three licenses it'll cost you what 320 bucks and i tell you if if they hope and i don't think they will because the results aren't out but i've spoken with the doctor and he said he not nothing's definitive but i wish they would re-delineate and say a pocket of rios then hybrids then barium's and then easterns and hybrids and miriam's because that would that'd be pretty cool to go to nebraska and hunt birds that haven't been transplanted that are truly natural native subspecies of those three that that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah and i think that's important to note about the slam is you know to me part of the mystique of it is getting the purest of those subspecies you know and and that's one of the reasons why and i'm not knocking the people that go to the northern range of the osceola but that's part of the reason why i went to the southern part of florida was to get my osceolas because i wanted that true osceola strain i didn't i didn't even want them to have you know even talked to an eastern wild turkey Right. Same thing with the Merriams and the same thing with the Rio. You know, I wanted my Merriams just as true, pure, white, tipped tail fan and feathers as they could get. And, yep. you know, I know not all pure Merriams are snow white, but to me, that's what makes a Merriams a Merriams. To me, I know biologically speaking, there are differences, but that's not, I don't care about those biological differences. So, you know, I, I think that's important to note, you know, is that what you said, you know, someone can go to a state like Washington and kill three hybrid turkeys and say, okay, well, that's my Eastern, my Merriams, and my Rio, but they've killed three hybrid turkeys. Yeah. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I, I'm not, again, I'm not going to knock someone who wants to do that because I've gotten now to the point where when we go to these states that have multiple subspecies, I actually am kind of having fun shooting some of the hybrids, hybrid birds. That's yeah. now, though, and I'm, I've am i got my Grand Slam done. I don't have my single season slam done, but when I do the single season, I want to go pure strain. But right now, I got no issue killing hybrids. You know, I'm, I'm tacking on these states, and that's all, or marking off these states. That's all I care about. So, you know, yeah. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. So, I've decided I want to take on the challenge of a super slam, a single season slam. I'm sorry. What is my first step, and when should I start that step? When should I take that step? Okie dokie, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's interview, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And the way that you can start that process is simply by texting the word Turkey Hunter. Make that one word and text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, 
I will send you instructions on what you can do to get the link that you can click on to create your account on Podbean. And once you create your account on Podbean and pay the $18 per year subscription, premium content subscription, then you will be able to hear the rest of this week's episode and you'll be able to hear the premium content for our previous episodes as well as the premium content for every episode for the next 52 weeks. Hey, this is a heck of a bargain at 18 bucks. Take advantage of it. Increase your turkey knowledge. Listen to Jeff Buds. Talk more about the single season Grand Slam. I really don't think you'll be disappointed in your investment. Next on the agenda for today is me asking you to please share the link for this week's episode using your podcast player application. If you will share that link with a couple of hunting buddies, that would be a huge help for me and I would much appreciate it. Now I have to say to you, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.